Hey, this is Dr. Allen once again. So people have asked me to condense my weight loss lecture into something very short and precise. So this is that video. If you want to see every single study that we've gone through, then go to the big long video. It's about an hour and 38 minutes. I go through every single research study on weight loss um, that we know of to date. The first part of the video was mostly some background information on obesity um, in the United States. It's been going up every single year. Um, obesity rates currently in adults are 79, almost 80% of adults are considered overweight. 39% are obese. Um, children's in the 20 to 25% range considered overweight uh, or obese. So the very most important thing um, when you're counseling patients about weight loss or starting a weight loss program is number one, you have to have something called a calorie deficit. You absolutely have a to have a calorie deficit. It's non-negotiable. A calorie deficit means you're taking in less calories than you need to live. Um, there's something called total daily energy expenditure, um, which is the amount of calories that you use every day or the amount of energy you need every day to survive and do things. Now, the vast majority of that, about 70%, is something called BMR, which is your basic metabolic rate, which is how many calories you need to just lay in bed all day doing nothing. It's, it's uh, how many calories you need to keep the lights on. The second part of that um, is NEAT, N-E-A-T, non-exercise activity thermogenesis. This is the amount of calories you burn every day or need every day to do activities that are not purposeful exercise. This is like fidgeting, moving your hands, taking 10,000 steps a day, um, just your basic activity that is not purposeful exercise. Another part is purposeful exercise, right, or exercise thermogenesis. Exercise activity thermogenesis. This is you actually walking for the purpose of exercise or lifting weights or swimming or jogging or whatever it might be. Um, that's you trying to exercise. Um, the next part is something called a thermic effect of food. This is a small percentage, about 5% of your total daily energy expenditure, which is um, the amount of energy your body needs to burn food that you've eaten. You eat a certain amount of food, you need a certain amount of calories to kind of burn that and absorb the nutrients. So we need people to figure out their total daily energy expenditure and then eat less calories than that so that they actually can uh, lose weight. Now, there's lots of formulas online you can use to calculate this. The easiest way to calculate this would, would be um, a shortcut I use is to take your weight times 10. A 200-pound person, if they ate 2,000 calories a day, they would lose weight. In order to maintain your weight, you need about 12 or 14 times your body weight. So a 200-pound person would need to eat uh, 2,400, maybe 2,800 calories a day to maintain their weight at the same level. Any more than that, and you'll gain weight. Any less than that, um, you'll lose weight. Now, there is a buffer. Your body can adjust your NEAT. Um, if you're eating somewhere in that range, 2,000 to 2,400, and, you, you, and your body keeps you the same, it's because it's adjusting your knee up and down. You fidget less. You don't go on as many walks. Um, you don't take as many breaks and walk around or do things at work. Um, there's that buffer that your body can kind of adjust. So number one, non-negotiable, you have to have a calorie deficit. Number two, uh, you need a significant amount of protein or sufficient amount of protein. Um, usually we tell people 0.7 grams up to 1.2 or maybe even 1.3 grams per pound of lean body mass. So if you weigh 200 pounds, but your lean mass is 160, you need about 160 grams of protein a day. Um, uh, and if and that's uh, about one gram per pound. Um, the, the biggest problem I see is, is with females. Um, they don't eat enough protein, 30 to 40 grams a day. When you look at their logs, males about 50, 60, maybe 70 if they had a steak one day. Um, but people aren't usually eating enough protein. There's two benefits to protein. Number one is it helps you retain, buy, retain lean mass when you're losing weight. 
we want to lose only fat, not muscle. Um, so you want to retain your lean mass or your non-fat mass. Um, protein helps with that. If you eat enough protein, you won't lose muscle. Number two, it actually burns fat. Um, protein signals that to your body that you need to burn fat. And it works in multiple different ways. I'm not going to go through every study on that. Um, number three thing that I would tell people to do, pick a diet that you can adhere to. It doesn't matter what your diet is called. It doesn't matter um, whether it's low fat, high fat, restrictive, non-restrictive, gluten-free, non-gluten-free, the Tom Brady diet, the Whole30 diet, whatever diet you want to pick. As long as you pick something that you can stick to for a long period of time, then it should work. Now, as a cardiologist, I'm not going to tell people to eat saturated fat because we know without question that saturated fat raises your bad cholesterol. We know without question that bad cholesterol causes heart attacks and strokes, or at least is highly correlated with it. So as a cardiologist, I would never want people eating saturated fat. Saturated fat is any fat that's solid at room temperature, butter, bacon, cheese, chicken skin, fat on steak, almost any animal-based um, fat. And I'm not telling you never to eat those things, but definitely eat way less than you did before. You can eat leaner cuts of meat like filet. You can use hamburger that's 96% lean, mix it with some ground turkey. Um, there's all kinds of things you can do. Fat in and of itself is more calorie dense, so you probably want to lower that anyways if you're reducing calories. Um, but those are just a couple of tricks you can use. Um, so definitely. Um, as a cardiologist, I'm not going to tell you to do some like extreme keto type diet because it's, it, it will raise your saturated fat intake. Now you can do it without eating saturated fat. You could eat liquid fats, polyunsaturated, monounsaturated fats or liquid at room temperature. Those are like your vegetable oils, olive oils, those kind of things. Those don't generally uh, affect your cholesterol numbers, but they will uh, add calories because the fats are calorie dense. They're nine calories per gram. So just be careful with that. Um, all diets that they've looked at, regardless of which one you select, if you are losing weight, your inflammatory markers go down. The less body fat you carry, your bad cholesterol goes down, your good cholesterol goes up, your C-reactive protein goes down. All of the inflammatory markers we've looked at actually improve if you're losing weight. Now, the other thing I'll mention is that no matter what diet you do, if you are in a calorie deficit and protein is the same, so you're, you're, the calories are the same, it's an isocaloric diet. If you compare one isocaloric diet to another, as long as protein is the same, you will lose weight. It doesn't matter if you eat more fat or more carbs or no carbs or more fat. However you want the fat and carb breakdown to go, it doesn't really matter. Pick something you enjoy. Um, they've also found that whether you eat high glycemic index foods or low glycemic index foods, it makes no difference if you're in a calorie deficit and you're getting enough protein. Um, a lot of times people uh, want to do that. Um, but if you are in a protein, if you are in a calorie deficit and getting enough protein, it doesn't matter if weight is coming off, you can eat almost whatever you want. Now, there are people who say, well, I just want to eat Pop-Tarts or just McDonald's. They've researched that. There are studies that people have eaten just Pop-Tarts or just McDonald's. It does work. If you're eating 1,200 calories a day of just Pop-Tarts or just McDonald's, it will work. You're just not going to feel as good. Um, and you might not look the way you want when it's all said and done. So just be careful with that. Make sure you do get enough protein and make sure your food is Wholesome and nutritious, the Mediterranean diet, and we go through a lot of studies on this in the long lecture, um, is improves, improves cardiovascular mortality, reduces a, a multitude of different cancers, and is overall very good for you. Um, the next thing I tell people is don't try to create a calorie deficit with exercise alone. All of the studies they've done on exercise alone versus exercise and diet versus diet alone, um, exercise had no additional benefit in terms of weight loss to diet only. 
They always tell you you can't outrun a bad diet. You can't outrun a bad diet. You can't outlift a bad diet if you're into lifting weights. Um, if you are not in a calorie deficit, um, exercise is not going to help you or has no additional benefit. Um, they've done long-term studies on people where they put them in exercise programs for two years. You will lose weight, but it's not that much. The most, um, the, the, the weight loss in most of these groups was nine pounds over two years. That's not a huge amount of weight loss with just exercise. But if you add in a calorie deficit, or even if you just do a calorie deficit along without exercise, you lose a significant amount of weight. We've had people lose hundreds of pounds um, doing that. The other thing I don't like is um, telling patients that you can only lose weight with exercise. If we tell patients, look, you got to do diet and exercise, they say, well, I can barely get out of a chair without getting short of breath or walk to the bathroom without getting short of breath. How do they expect me to exercise? There's no way I can exercise. So they have like a built-in excuse to think they can never lose weight. Tell your patients, listen, I know you weigh 400 pounds. It's very difficult to move and do things, but I need you to go on a calorie-restricted diet, get into a calorie deficit. Once the weight starts coming off, start going on walks, start maybe lifting some weights, even if it's just your body weight, just squatting down, standing up, getting out of a chair, sitting back down again, just some kind of exercise to increase their BMR. We know that resistance training, if you lift weights, for every pound of muscle you put on, and the studies kind of dif differ a little bit, but for every pound of muscle you put on, you'll burn an additional 60 to 80 calories a day. Your BMR goes up by about 60 to 80. So if you put on about five pounds in a month, let's say you just started lifting, you put on five pounds in a month, you could technically eat 200 to maybe 300 more calories a day, or your BMR goes up by 200, 300 calories a day. If you don't increase your calories, you're in a bigger deficit. And the one thing I'll tell people, don't go into a severe deficit. If you're maintenance calories is 2,400 calories a day, just cut it down to like 2,000 or 2,100. Don't go to 1,200 or 1,300. Cutting your calories in half or very severe deficits, you'll lose a lot of lean body mass. Your body is in shock. It sees no calories. Muscle is expensive. It's a very expensive tissue to, to keep up. So your body will, will eliminate muscle. You definitely don't want to do that. We want to lose mostly fat. You need to be in a slight calorie deficit so that your body preferentially gets rid of fat. Um, so those are the main things I talk about. The next part of that lecture was usually going over all of the medications that we normally put people on that has that have as a side effect either weight gain or weight loss. Like, for example, I have patients on metformin, which generally causes about a 5 to 10 pound weight loss, but they may also be on paroxetine, which can cause weight gain. The side effects uh, uh, fight each other. Um, and there's a whole host of medications, antipsychotics, there's cardiac medications, there's diabetes medications. Um, so we go through a lot of those. Make sure your patients aren't on some medications that have a side effect of weight gain and then some cause weight loss and you're, they're competing. If you're going to choose, choose an alternative, if your patient's overweight and they really want to lose weight, instead of picking paroxetine, maybe you could pick Wellbutrin or instead of uh, picking one medication, choose another one that has as a side effect maybe weight loss or, or they're weight neutral, whichever. Um, the next part of the lecture, and you can go to the full lecture again, um, was going through all of the medications um, that are designed specifically for weight loss. Everything from fentermine um, to uh, naltrexones, the Contraves, the Belvique, which was taken off the market, the naltrexones, Wellbutrin, the Topamax combination meds. All of those medications can be used specifically for weight loss. Now, something like fentermine in some states, especially in Ohio where I am, is a highly controlled substance, and you got to know the rules and apply them. Um, but then we go through a lot of the medications like Saxenda, Ozempic, Rebelsis, uh, Victoza, um, all in the same class that also cause weight loss, but the only one approved 
in that class is actually Saxenda. So just be cognizant of these medications, learn how to use them, um, and hope maybe I'll upload one day just a lecture on um, those medications specifically for weight loss. But try your best um, to select medications or a combination of medications um, and use medications as an adjunct. Your patient is losing weight through a calorie deficit. Um, they get stuck. They need a little boost. Sometimes you can give them something for a few months to kind of get them going again. Um, but I try not to use those uh, at all, really. I only have maybe a handful of patients on medications just for weight loss. I try to get them to develop a better eating habits, a better diet, more exercise, more movement, and try to get them to develop a really good relationship with food and exercise. Don't go to the gym or walk to punish yourself for eating too much. Don't eat good food or bad food. Food is food. Eat something nutritious that's good for you, has the correct calories, has the correct uh, macro breakdown, but don't punish yourself um, for eating bad food or label certain foods as bad or certain as good. Sure, they have new different nutritious values. That's given. Um, but don't don't label food as good or bad. Um, the last part of that lecture, I kind of talked about calorie counting. None of this matters if you don't know how to count calories. Um, one app on a smartphone that I recommend is called MyFitnessPal. It's an excellent app for tracking calories and, and knowing exactly how much you eat. If you don't know how much you eat, you don't know how much food costs. Sometimes I'll tell patients, you know what, just track your calories for a week. Here's the app. Let's set it up. Track your calories for a week. A lot of times, just that education of knowing one orange costs this many calories, one Pop-Tart is this many calories, just that education gets them to change their behaviors. All of a sudden, they're saying, you know what, I don't want the avocado on the salad because uh, that's an extra 150 calories that I don't need, or I don't want the cheese on that sandwich because that's an extra 200 calories. So make sure um, they track, even if they're not even trying to reduce calories. Just track for a week. You'll be surprised. It's really, it's an amazing education. You, you will know um, a lot of things that you didn't know before. Um, so get an app like MyFitnessPal and track your calories, and then eventually set it up into a calorie deficit. If you track for a week, let's say you're eating 2,800 calories a day and you're staying about the same, drop it, drop 500 calories a day so that you lose about a pound per week. Um, we, we tell them to do that, and it seems to work. Keep your protein at about a one gram per pound of body weight or lean body weight. Um, that seems to, that combination works really, 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 really well. So you could do that with my fitness pal, but a lot of my patients are like older. They're not good with smartphones. Like, oh, I got a dumb phone. What do you tell them? So I tell them to do it visually. Look at your plate. If for breakfast, you're having two eggs, two bacons, and two pieces of toast, cut everything in half. One egg, one bacon, one piece of toast, put the other half away have your breakfast, eat it, wait 20 minutes because it takes 20 minutes for your stomach to signal to your brain that you're full. Wait 20 minutes. If you're still hungry, go back and eat a little bit more and then kind of see again if you're still hungry. Um, visually, they do that again at lunch and dinner and they try not to snack in between. But visually, a lot of my patients that have done that, it's actually worked. So try to coach your patients um, into, into doing it that way if they're not really good with phones or tracking. Um, but the most important thing is adherence. Pick something you can adhere to for a very long time and be patient. You didn't put the weight on um, in 10 minutes. It's not going to go away in 10 minutes. So you, you put this weight on over the last 20, 30 years. It's going to take a year or two, maybe more, uh, to, to get this down. The last thing I'll add, you got you 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 got to have your patients make choices. Um, for example, a 200-pound patient, if they run three miles, they'll burn 300 calories. If they do squats for two minutes with, with just their own body weight, they'll burn about 200 some odd calories, maybe less. Um, or if or uh, the other alternative is they don't eat a plain bagel with cheese, which is about 320 calories. So it's your choice. Run for an hour, lift weights for half an hour or so, 
or don't eat the plain bagel with cheese. It's so easy to create a calorie deficit by eliminating that plain bagel with cheese. Add in the exercise later to kind of help and help you adhere, um, but it works very well. We, we know that exercise is very good at defending body weight or weight that you've already lost. So we know if you've lost weight, an exercise program helps you from gaining it back. It's just not efficient at causing new weight loss. Um, it does work, just not as efficient as cutting calories. So, um, but as a cardiologist, my name is cardiologist. It's in my name. We do want people to exercise and get some cardio endurance going because it helps with a lot of things, reduces mortality, all-cause mortality, um, blood pressure, cholesterol, diabetes, improves all of those uh, things. So I really want my patients to ultimately do that. And sometimes you can you can even give them an exercise prescription. Say, hey, look, first of all, get your calories down. Let's get some weight off. Start walking five, 10 minutes a day after dinner. Uh, get it up to 20 minutes. Add five, 10 minutes every week. See how your endurance is doing. Weight's coming off. Start lifting weights. See a personal trainer. Get into a resistance training program. Put on a few pounds of muscle while your body fat's still coming off. You actually look a lot better. Um, but also your BMR and your total daily energy expenditure goes up. So now you're either in a bigger deficit or you can eat a little bit more. Um, so make sure you do that. Now, like I said, in the long format of this lecture, all of the studies are there. Um, you can click on the links and, and look at every single study. And, and then I go through them in, in great detail. Highly recommend that lecture. If you got about an hour and 38 minutes, I also answer some questions from the audience. It was a lecture that I, that I give all over the country. It's my most popular lecture. Um, I hope you like this video share it with your friends and subscribe and hopefully you can use this with your patients.